Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing? Welcome back to Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. I'm Jake Atnip here with Sean Dwyer. How's it going? We're going to a little episode today. Uh, don't have anything too long planned out because we already did revisit our topic or visit our topic for today. We would like to revisit it to make sure everything is rounded up. The NBA playoffs first round recap has already been done, but a couple of the game sevens weren't quite through last time we talked, Sean. And I wanted to make sure that we gave the people a recap of what happened in those game sevens and make sure that we give, you know, a little preview towards what's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks in round two. So we'll go ahead and get started right away with the first game seven that everybody was probably worried about. Uh, Cleveland beat Indiana, Indiana and, uh, did you really expect anything last, Sean? No, I didn't. I think Cleveland, you know, beating Indiana was a certainty to me. It was just a matter of when and where they did it. Um, they ended up getting it done in game seven. LeBron showed that he is the best basketball player in the league right now, and he pretty much carried them through that entire series. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, especially if you talk about his his dagger – after he had the questionable goal 10 slash block on Oladipo with three seconds left, and he came right back down the court, caught the ball, and just in your eye. You know, that right there was just prime time LeBron. It just shows when, when the best players in the world need to make the, player, make the plays, the best players in the world are going to step up. And it's quite obvious that LeBron is the one person that you want to make sure is doing exactly that. Yeah, LeBron is to the Cavaliers what? You know, it's the popular comparison Michael Jordan was to those Bulls. He is the best player that they have on the floor at all times, no matter what he plays. Yeah, and even if he's not currently the best player on the floor at that given time due to somebody else playing better, he's still the best player on the floor. Yeah, you know, he matches up well, you know, being the giant physical guy he is with no matter who you want to play with him. Um, You end up playing him with a bigger guy, a power forward, a center when he's playing down low. Well, I mean, somebody else is going to be open, and he has the passing ability to get the ball to the open person. Well, of course. I mean, everybody knows LeBron's abilities by now. We don't really have to, you know, pander to him at all. Um, But, you know, they did move on, and now they're going for that uh, rematch with Toronto. Um, Cleveland did take game one from Toronto. Um, What do you think is going to happen in this series? Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Toronto's going to win the series. Uh, they won game one, Cleveland did, in overtime by one point. You know, not exactly putting a lot of distance between themselves. You know, Toronto had a couple days off before this series started. So I think they're kind of knocking the rust off here. Game one, I think Toronto wins this game, series in six games. In six games. So you think they make a quick turnaround here? Yeah, I think they end up – I think they have the better team. It's just honest, even though LeBron's the best player, I think Toronto's got a better team overall. I think that they'll be able to push the, some of the Cavaliers players that are younger, a little bit more inexperienced in the playoffs. I think Toronto pulls this one out. You know, I think I think Toronto does have a really good chance at winning this series, especially after seeing that LeBron really does have to do it all in order for Cleveland to win. Um, but it's I think it's already too late for it to go six games. It's already going to be a seven-game series. I Toronto taking – two games out of the next, you know, four, well, actually be two out of the next three that are played in Cleveland. 
Um, you know, I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, with game six happening in Cleveland, I would definitely expect them to have to go back to Toronto and go back to the six in order to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I know. Now, the other – what was that? No, sorry. I'll continue. Oh, yeah, no, just on the, on the other side, a um, little bit of a different story. Um, Boston was playing Milwaukee. Uh, they got dragged into a game seven, and we know Boston's man down, but, you know, that game seven against Milwaukee was pretty solid. And then if you look at the game one against the 76ers, they won by, I think, 16 points. I believe it was 117 to 101. They, they made everybody – they made me question if the Sixers are the picks that I thought they were. Yeah, no, it did the same thing for me. You know, Terry Rozier has been leading the Celtics team, doing his best Kyrie impersonation, and he's playing great. Um, the Celtics definitely made me look at this series and reconsider what I thought was going to happen. Because as I said earlier in the week, you know, I thought Philadelphia was going to beat Milwaukee or the Celtics easily, no matter who they played. And that's obviously not going to be the case. Of course not. Now, you know, Philly did look like they struggled. They actually struggled offensively, not just because of Boston's defense, because it was good. But Philly just looked like they struggled. I mean, it's not like them only to score 101 points. Uh, but I think that had a lot to do with the way Boston played them, and that's why I have a lot of questions, too, about this series now. I mean, I still think that if Philadelphia was to move on and match up against Cleveland or match up against Toronto – the 76ers might actually be able to get the upper hand. But with this weird matchup that kind of just, you know, kind of threw me for a loop, uh, I started to think, do, do the 76ers and their inexperience really start to play a part in these playoffs? Because, you know, I, I was looking at stuff and they, they go, all Boston needs is Al Horford. All, all they need is one guy with experience. And think about it. He has more experience than probably anybody else on either one of those teams combined. You know? Yeah, I think so. For me, the 76ers are probably going to look they looked inexperienced and young in game one. And I think it's just a learning situation for them. You know, being a bunch of young players, you know, there's not going to be easy games in the playoffs. And looking at some of the replays and watching the game, you know, they played slow, slower than they normally do. And I think that's just something they can – it's an easy fix for them to address going into game two. I still like the 76ers overall in the series. Maybe not as easily or as – not easily, but quickly as I thought, you know, going four or five. Yeah, handily. Yeah, not as handily. I still like them, but maybe in six or seven games instead of four or five. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit longer series. I mean, obviously, they lose – they lose – they lose one game, it's going to have to be longer than a four-game series. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that Boston's unbeatable. I know in that first series, it was really, hey, can they – if they play at home, you know, they're kind of they're kind of golden. And, uh, you know, Philly's got that upper hand there, um, you know, in the next couple, next couple games, you know, having more games at home. So I really think uh, – I really think Philly will be able to pull it out. And I think that – it's going to be another, you know, kind of Super Bowlish year for, uh, or Super Bowlish feel for the city of Philly, coming here soon, especially if they have to go up against LeBron James. Yeah, that series would match up, would be great for television. You know, with all the rumors surrounding LeBron and if he's going to leave Cleveland, you know, Philadelphia has been rumored as one of those places he could go, and so I think that would just one of the storylines that could play out if they end up meeting in the conference finals. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I definitely would be very interested to see any one of these teams. I mean, even the Toronto with Boston uh, Eastern Conference Final would be really interesting. Yeah, that, either way, either way, we're going to get a great Eastern Conference Finals. You know, no matter which one of the four teams end up there, whichever, whatever two of the four, and it's going to set up great because you know the West isn't really you know the past couple of years the West has been just go ahead and throw the Warriors in the finals, and it's not really the case this year. So this play, NBA playoffs is shaping up to be a bit more open. You know, the Cavaliers haven't looked as dominant either, and they've been in the finals for the past you know four years. LeBron with his streak of being in the finals, however many years in a row, seven straight in a row, seven in a row, I believe. Exactly. It is. So you know, this year I think it's good for the NBA that there's, you know, at the end of the road we might a little bit of parity. Yeah, at the end of the road we might still get the Warriors and Cavs, but at least right now you know. You, probably getting a little couple more people engaged with the idea of some other teams having a shot. Yeah, I definitely think it's good for the NBA. Now, Sean, um, just give the listeners a little recap of, you know, the first couple games that have happened there in the Western conference. Um, you know, the Warriors, uh, believe they took game one, right? Yeah. The Warriors took game one against new Orleans. And as the time that we are recording this, they are leading game two against the Pelicans. Um, Steph Curry, obviously, back for game two. They're up in that game. Um, in game one, the Rockets beat the Jazz 110 to 96. And then that is the only game that has taken place in that series. So things are kind of playing out how we expected them to so far in those two series. Yeah, definitely. And I will just make a mention um, the, the Houston Rockets completely destroyed the Utah Jazz. They may have only won by 14 points, but they were up by 20, 25 plus the majority of that game. So like we said in the first place, I think the Rockets might have actually found their stride with James Harden and Chris Paul. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays now, out. Of course. Now, that's going to be all for us today, guys. Uh, We really appreciate you tuning in and checking out our little mini episode here in the middle of the week. Just always want to make sure we keep you guys updated on what we think and what's going on uh, in the sports world. As always, we want to thank you for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, and, you know, tell your friends about us. If you have any suggestions or any type of comments, please feel free. Let us know. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So uh, without further ado, I'm Jake Atnip. I'm Sean Dwyer. Thanks for listening to Just Saying, and we'll see you again next week.